so clearly, Aaron's not here today. Uh, Aaron is in New Hampshire with Marianne. They've been there the whole week. He'll be back next week. So if you hate me, only your kids have to deal with me. So awesome. Uh, my name is James. I uh, lead the youth ministry program here at Element. Uh, I have a lot to say. So I know you guys just sat down, but will you guys stamp me again for the reading of God's Word? I'm just going to try and power through it. Uh, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 7. This should sound very familiar to you. Uh, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field. Do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Will you guys pray with me? Uh, God, we just thank you for today. We thank you that we can uh, gather here, God, as, uh, as a church. Uh, I pray that, that we would want to glorify you, that we would want to honor you in, in everything we do, God, and, and how we live our life and the relationships that we enter into, God, that, that you would get glory from that, and that would be uh, our goal. God, be with us today, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we took the whole summer and we talked about Song of Solomon in that. We talked about marriage and sex and, and all that good stuff. And uh, uh, we talked a lot to married people. Uh, and some of the singles are like, I feel a little left out, you know, 13, 16 weeks talking about things I don't have and things I can't do yet. So can we just talk to some, you know, some singles? Uh, so that is what we are going to do today. Uh, as you can see, the decorations have changed drastically. There is no longer a woman up here. It's just, just single dude. I know, it's heartless. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, after, after Song of Solomon, uh, the, the goal of Song of Solomon was to uh, really explore what a biblical marriage can look like. So uh, if you're single and, and after Song of Solomon, you're like, I hated that. I'm so glad that I can finally come to church and learn something now. I hope you didn't feel that way. If you did, go back and re-listen to Song of Solomon. You missed it. You, you, you missed something. Uh, so uh, <laughs> now... In talking to singles, I feel like we have to kind of define what a single person is because our culture has taken the world single and just made it people who aren't dating. So if you are single, you aren't dating, are dating, living together, or engaged. Okay. Pretty much if you check single on a government paper, you are single. Okay. That's kind of the way that it's going. Uh, so this is all for you. Married people, please don't tune me out. Uh, chances are that you have single friends who need truth spoken into their lives. Uh, chances are you have kids or going to have kids that are going to get to the age where they're like, I think I want to start dating now. And, and you have to figure out how that is going to be set up in your house. Uh, actually, in a few weeks, I'm really excited on this. Uh, in two weeks, we're going to go through dating again in the high school group. Uh, we went through it about six to eight months ago, and all the kids are like, let's talk about dating again. And I'm like, I can yell at you guys about dating for another five weeks. Sure, that sounds great to me. Um, so we're going to talk about that again. Uh, I would encourage you high schoolers, if you have high schoolers, to come to that. Uh, we don't bro just browse over dating. I, I like to go through and really talk about it because it's something a lot of teenagers think that they want to do for some reason. I don't understand. Um, but anyways, uh, the most popular verse uh, or, or chapter in the Bible on singleness has got to be 1 Corinthians 7. So if you have a Bible, you can open to 1 Corinthians 7. I'm going to be in and out of 1 Corinthians 7 the whole time. So if you just want to just open there and leave it there, that's awesome. I'm just going to start. So 1 Corinthians 7, verse 6. 
Now, as a concession and not a command, I say this. I wish that all of you were as myself, where I myself am. He said, I wish all of you were single. But, but each man has his own gift from God, one from one kind and one from another. What he's saying is that singleness is a gift. Just as being married is a gift, so is singleness. And I feel like at Element and people kind of have this idea that if you're single, you're almost second class. Or those of you who are single feel almost second class, like you're lower because you don't have a husband or a wife. And that's not it at all. Paul tells us singleness is a gift. Paul was single. When Jesus came and lived on earth, he was single. Now, at Element, we do talk about marriage a lot and getting married. And there is an emphasis here on on marriage because 91% of people get married. 91% of people want to get married. They want to commit their lives to one person. They want to give and receive love to that person for their entire life. So we talk about it so that before you enter into marriage, before you enter into this commitment, you know what that means. That's what the whole summer was about. Biblical uh, sexuality, biblical marriage, biblical relationships. And, and now after talking to a few single people, there's been a couple questions that have come up. And, and one is, uh, how do I get a date? It's a tricky one. Um, you know, it's just this. Uh, you know, what should a dating relationship look like? I think this is definitely a question more ladies have, but how do I get someone to put a ring on my finger? Um, All legitimate questions. Uh, And I want to start with this clip because I feel like this clip really captures what our culture feels and says about dating. Really short. show um uh but i mean dating has lots of names t- today i feel like one of the most popular ones is the game or a game a game i mean something you do for a while because you're bored uh, something you do and develop skill at so that you can compete against other people it- it's ridiculous do you see how we've taken this word dating and we've turned it into something that that views people as objects It's like, I did this, now I get to move ahead five squares and win the prize. You know, I won the game, now I get you. You are my prize, you are my trophy. And when I'm bored with you, I'll just play the game again and get a different trophy. It's ridiculous. And there are so many lies that float around about dating and especially with the purpose of dating. I feel like one of these lies is, is for the purpose of dating is date because you're bored. No, dating shouldn't be something you do because you got nothing else to do, so you'll just, I don't know, hopefully someone will go on a date with you. Shouldn't date someone because a friend has challenged you to some kind of competition. Uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, another lie is date because you're lonely. Pick up a hobby. Uh, that's not dating. I, I mean, it's that simple. Uh, another lie is date to get to know someone. Now, this one's a little confusing because when you date someone, you do get to know them, but that shouldn't be your sole purpose. I I know people who have met someone and then like two, three, four days later are dating. It's like, how do you even know you like this person? How do you know you want to be around them all the time? I mean, after knowing someone for four days, uh, you do not have to date someone to get to know them. I have lots of friends, lots of close friends 
that I've never dated. Uh, it's just kind of what it comes down to. Uh, I know some of the some of the women in my GC, uh, taking the time to get to know them and decided, you know what? I don't want to date you. This isn't going to work out for us. Uh, so you do not have to date someone to get to know them. Uh, another lie is is a date for fun. Now, dating can be fun, and going on dates is a lot of fun, but we shouldn't date for the sole reason of entertainment. See, something that we need to understand is that a date does not mean you are dating. First uh, Timothy says to treat younger women like sisters. You know, can you talk with your sister? Can you go uh, out to eat with your sister? Can you get coffee with your sister? I hope so. Uh, um, my wife and I, uh, Haley, we went on many dates before we actually started dating. If you're actually really getting to know someone, you kind of enter in this awkward talking phase. Uh, not a bad place to be if you're truly getting to know someone. Uh, and so dating should have a purpose. Not just something we do because everyone's doing it, but it should have a reason. And that reason is marriage. Dating's ultimate goal should be to get married. It's not just to have a good time. It's not because you're bored. It's not because you like the game or the chase. It's to get married. When we look at Song of Solomon and we look at the she, I mean, she is not pursuing all kinds of guys. She's not running around town, sowing her wild oats, trying to play the game, trying to play the field. She's got eyes for one guy. She lets one guy pursue her, and she's interested in one guy. Uh, Song of Solomon 2, verse 8 says, And the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping over the mountains and bounding over the hills. I, I love this verse because it, it shows how he only went after her. He only had eyes for her. He, he wasn't bounding over to her house and then after their date, bounded over the hills to Starbucks to check out the local talent and then bounded over the hills to the bar to see if there was anyone else there. Uh, no, he bounded over the, house, the hills to her, only her. her pus- he pursued one girl at a time with the intent of making her his wife. First uh, Corinthians seven two says, "But because of the temptation of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband." Marriage is between two people, and that's how dating should be—not just playing the game. Solomon didn't play the game with her. He pursued her for the intent of making her his wife, his only wife. We don't get to treat marriage like commercial fishing, where you throw some nets out, hopefully you catch something, okay? That's a wrong view of dating. That's not why Christians should date. We should try and date biblically. We should try and date redeemed. Jesus is all about redeeming things. So should we. And so if you're like, great, James, I'm single. I was... Here during Song of Solomon, I understand all that. Uh, I'm with you. I think I'm ready to get married, or, or maybe I think I'm ready to start dating. Okay, do you understand that dating is not just to make you happy, or marriage is not just to make you happy, but to make you holy? See, a lot of single people, they, they, they have this view, or I feel like they have this view of, of when I get married, when I get a husband, or when I get a, a wife, then I'll be happy. Yes, but also no. Uh, I, I mean, really, uh, real life is not like a Disney movie where you exchange five words and then everything's great and you never fight and you wake up to the smell of bacon every morning. And, you know, people think that, I feel like single people think it's going to be like the Garden of Eden 24-7 at their doorstep. It's just not how it goes. Sinner plus sinner does not equal less sin. 
I mean, when you get married, you realize how much you sin. I mean, sometimes you don't realize how much until you get married. You realize that you have sins you didn't even know were sins. You know, she's like, why do you think like that? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I didn't even know that was bad. She's like, it's wrong. Change. You know, oh. You know, why do you do that? I don't know. Uh, this is my favorite. Why do you smell like that? I don't know. I will repent. Uh, it's just you know, crazy. Uh, uh, but you see, in Song of Solomon, that they got into fight. Song of Solomon 5, they have this big fight. You know, she rejects her husband. He wasn't happy, so he went for a walk, and, and he left. And, and so if you're like, okay, awesome, James, I, I get all that. I agree with all that. Uh, but how do I get a date? Excellent, okay? Uh, first thing, look who God has put in front of you, okay? Who are you doing ministry with? Who are you coming into contact with? Think about the people in your life that you have similar interests with. You know, don't be waiting for the Taylor Lautners. Same response as first service. No one knows who Taylor Lautner is. I'm used to students. Uh, you know, don't be waiting for the Brad Pitts. Don't be waiting for the Megan Foxes or the Angelina Jolies. Look who God has put in your life. Now, have some standards. Yes, you need to be attracted to them. Marriage is a long time. You have to be able to look at their face and enjoy it. Um, so have some standards. Uh, but some of you ladies, especially, your standards are way too high. It's like if Jesus came to you and asked you on, on a date, you'd be like, you know what? Why don't you shave? Because I really don't like facial hair, and then we'll talk. I, I mean, you just, you just don't keep your standards so high. And now, uh, guys, this is something that, I mean, really concerns you, that, that when you think you found a girl that might say yes to going on a date with you, you've talked to her a while, you guys kind of know each other, and, and you're going to ask her out on a date. Now, remember, a date does not always mean you're dating. Uh, here's a few things. Guys, you approach her. Okay? You go to her. We see Song of Solomon, Solomon bounded over the hills to her house. She didn't come over to his house and was like, say goodbye to your friends on Xbox, put some pants on, you're going to take me out on a date. You know, He went to her. Uh, guys, men are called to lead the family, called to lead the wife. You should start your relationship out leading. Ephesians 5.23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. His body and itself is its savior. You are to pursue her. And so you start by saying, hi, h hello, would you like to join me for coffee? Would you like to join me for dinner, for dessert? Some friends and I are going out. Would you like to join this? Okay. Have a plan. Don't just go, want to hang out? Like, it's probably, she's probably going to say no if you just say hang out. You know, make a plan. Make this plan be in a public place. Okay. Don't be like, come over to my house for dinner. Uh, don't be <laughs> creepy. You know, a public place. This is, this is good. And approach her with some confidence, okay? She wants a man. She doesn't want a boy who can't talk to women. She wants a man. So approach with confidence. And some things to build your confidence is be prepared. Do this right. Take a shower. Make sure you're clean. Make sure you wear deodorant. Maybe wear some cologne. Make sure you smell nice. Maybe keep a stick of gum in your pocket, right? Wear clothes you know are absolutely clean. Don't go sniffing through your old laundry bin being like, this doesn't smell that bad. I can wear this today. Yeah, that is a terrible way. You know, do this right. Make sure you got two eyebrows, okay? Chicks love two eyebrows. Don't be rocking the unibrow that day. 
I know this. I know this. I don't know much about women, but I know they like two eyebrows. Um, uh, another thing is, is when you go out on a date, make sure you have enough money to pay for the entire date. You know, don't bring 20 bucks and expect to go to dinner and a movie and be like, I played for Jack in the Box. Want to pay for the movie? Uh, that, that's awful. You know, she's nice enough to be seen out in public with you. Make sure she has a good time doing that. Okay? And get ready to do the very simple things, okay? The simple things are, are what speaks volume to ladies, okay? So open the door. Open her car door. Open her, you know, the restaurant door. If you want to keep yourself out of the friend zone, open the car door. Friends, do not open car doors for friends. My friends are lucky if I unlock the door for them, okay? <laughs> I do not open the door for my friends, okay? So guys, you approach. Ladies, you respond. He asks you out on a date, you say yes or no. Don't play this game with him where you feel like, you know, I'm not sure, maybe next week. When next week really means never, ever, no, oh my gosh, no, that's not happening. Okay? Tell him yes or no. And don't worry about hurting his feelings. I mean, if you hurt his feelings and he goes crying to his mommy, he's not worth dating. It is that simple. It's what it comes down to. Uh, another thing is, is some of you ladies uh, might have a problem with this. Others of you, this is no big deal for you. Uh, but some of you ladies need to slow down. Just, just calm down and, and slow down. You get a little crazy. It's like you go on one or two dates and you go home and you talk to your friends and you're like, oh my gosh, he's the sweetest, nicest guy. These are the colors of our wedding and these are what our children are going to look like and this is going to be awesome. He goes home and talks to his friends and if his friends are chatty, his friends go, how was the date? And he goes, good. And they say, what does she look like? I think she has brown hair. It might be black. You know, she smells like vanilla. I like vanilla. This is going to work. You know, that's where he's at. So some of you ladies just need to, you just need to slow down. And another thing, uh, if you ladies say yes to going out on a date with this guy, do not feel like you owe him anything. Our culture has this weird view where if a guy takes a girl out on a date, now she owes him something. You don't owe him a kiss goodnight. You don't even owe him a hug goodnight. You say thank you. I mean, that's it. It's this weird view of, of I paid for dinner. I paid for a movie. Now you are to give me a kiss. An exchange of goods or money for sexual favors should not be your definition of dating. should be your definition of something, yes, but not <laughs> dating. Girls, do not buy into this, and guys, do not treat a girl like this. Completely unacceptable. Uh, another question uh, that I think single people have and, and, uh, is, you know, I have a girlfriend or, or I have a boyfriend or I'm engaged and I got a fiance. Where is the line? Uh, again, the question is not where is the line. The question is when is the time? The, 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 you should not be having sex when you're dating or when you're engaged. That's not the time. The time is when you're married. And, and then do it often, but not until then. Colossians 3.5 says, Put to death whatever is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. He says, put to death sexual immorality. Put it to death. Guys, especially he is talking to you because you are the leader in the relationship. You won't be able to have sex with your girlfriend and then lead her in a Bible study. It will not work. It won't happen. And we try and come up with all kinds of lame excuses. It's like, oh, but we're married in God's eyes. 
No, you aren't. You're married in God's eyes when you sign the papers and say, I do. That's when you're married. And we say, oh, but it helps. It's practice for marriage. And so we live together and sleep together because it's practice for marriage. Did you know that actually living together raises your chances of getting a divorce? Statistically speaking, those couples that live together before they get married have a higher rate of getting divorced than those who didn't. Actually, statistically speaking, those who abstain from sex before marriage, who are virgins when they get married, have a more fulfilling sex life and sex more often than those who weren't virgins when they were married. When God says, put to death sexual morality, he knows what he's talking about. And guys, this one is especially for you. Uh, ladies, this is becoming more and more of a problem, but uh, watching porn. I mean, for some reason, uh, we think that porn is not that big of a deal. And we, we say that it's a big deal, but that's not how we live. It's like something that holds us over until you get another girlfriend. No, porn does not help your future relationship. It doesn't help your future dating relationship, your future engagement, your future marriage. Guys, if you're looking at porn, you are setting up a mental harem, a, literally a harem in your mind. And you are setting your future wife up for failure because now instead of having no competition, she's got thousands and thousands of women from hundreds and hundreds of websites to compete with. If you are addicted to porn, you are not ready to be married. You should not even be thinking about marriage yet. You should be getting over it. You should be moving on from your porn addiction. And don't say, oh, well, once I get the real thing, I won't look at porn anymore. No. Once you get some truth and some Jesus in your life and grow up, then you won't look at porn anymore. You cannot expect your future wife to play the role of your mom and help you keep kick your porn addiction. That's completely wrong. This is also why we shouldn't be sleeping around. Shouldn't be having sex before you're married. God set it up one man, one woman, one lifetime. Genesis 22, sorry, Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. They shall become one flesh, one man, one woman. First uh, Corinthians 7.36 says, If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly towards his betrothed, if his passions are strong and it has to be, uh, let him do as he wishes. Let them marry. It says if you're engaged or you're dating and you can't keep your hands to yourself, the answer for you is marriage. But you keep your hands off of her or him until you're married. You keep your eyes off of porn until, not until you get married, but then you can, you know, check her out all you want. That's fine. Uh, so singles, before you ask, how do I get a date? Your question needs to be, where is my relationship with God? Because your relationship with God needs to be strong. Strong so you can be a good minister of the gospel. Not strong so you can get some hot girl, but strong so that you live the gospel. And if you're living the gospel, chances are someone who is also living the gospel will be attracted to you. See, as a Christian, our walk with God should be our first priority. Not getting a girlfriend, not getting a boyfriend, not getting a spouse, but Jesus needs to be our priority. If you're a Christian and your relationship with God is struggling, stop looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Get involved in a gospel community. Get some community in your life. Start working on your relationship with God. Start working on your relationship with others. You need to ask, how is my relationship with Christ? Is it good? Is it great? Is it struggling? Is it non-existent? 
Sadly, we get so consumed with getting a girlfriend or a boyfriend or getting a ring put on our finger that we forget about the single most important relationship in our life. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32, Paul says this, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly, worldly things and how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things and how to please her husband. I mean, really, single people, what it comes down to is what are you doing with your time? You know, if you don't have the responsibilities of a wife or a husband or kids, what are you doing? Are you working? Are you seeking God? Do you get involved at your church? Or are you helping throughout the different ministries throughout the week? Shameless plug, but I could use some help in youth group. I mean, if you've got time and you're not crazy weird, um, I could use your help. We've got lots of kids and we're growing and, and we need some more leaders. Don't just show up. I'd like to talk first. But um, uh, if you're like, James, I hate junior hires. They really annoy me. Um, help in children's. How can you be helping in children's? If you're like, I don't like kids, period. How can you be helping around? You know, how can you be helping in your community? What are you doing to get involved? If you got spared time, what are you doing with it? If you're like, James, no, you don't understand. I don't have any spare time. If you don't have any spare time to be serving you don't have the time for a wife or a husband. They will take up, a spouse will take up a lot of your time. So are, are you helping out or are you getting lazy? Are you racking up credit card debt? Are you playing video games all night? Are you watching your way through 10 different TV shows? Or are you seeking God like we should be? See, when we seek God in our season of singleness, we'll be less concerned with when a guy or when a girl enters into our life and more concerned with what God would have us be doing. And then, when you're ready, God will bring someone. This doesn't mean you don't try. This doesn't mean you don't go on dates. This doesn't mean you ladies don't wear makeup because Jesus doesn't care if you wear makeup. Uh, no, trying is good. Going on dates is good. But do not forget where our priority should be. Now, I, I want to leave you guys with this because uh, it said a lot in, in Song of Solomon. Uh, Song of Solomon 3.5. Daughters of Jerusalem. I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it desires. It, you see in Song of Solomon that there's three characters. There's the he, there's the she, and there's the we. And, and you see that the married couple is constantly speaking truth into the lives of the single people. And the single people are involved in the lives of the married people. And so you have to ask yourself, who do you allow to speak truth into your life? Especially when it comes to relationships. Who do you allow to speak truth into your lives? I have a very close friend. Uh, he's a single guy, and he wants to be married. Uh, right now, he's like, I just want a girl to say yes to going on a date with me. I'd be content with that. Um, and, and so he asks us, he asks my wife Haley and I questions all the time. He, he comes to me and asks for advice. He asks about these different signs that girls are giving him. He comes to us, the married people. He comes to me. Because if I got someone as awesome and as hot as Haley to marry me, I must have done something right. Not sure what, but I did something right. And, and he sees that. Now, I'm not saying Haley and I have, you know, marriage figured out. I'm not saying that we have the smooth, smoothest process. I'm not saying our dating process was the smoothest. But he wants to be married, so he asks married people. I mean, we have this, this misconception that, that people in 
our, our culture who have dated a lot, who've had a lot of girlfriends or boyfriends, are good at dating. No. I don't know where this came from. I, I really have no idea where it came from. All it means is that you're not very good at dating because you can't keep a date. Uh, so, single people, if you want to be married, are you letting those who are married speak truth into your life, getting counsel from them? If you want to be single, you take advice, you take counsel, you take truth from people who are getting dumped, who are good at getting dumped. Uh, and it's really what it comes down to. Uh, and this is also true for us young married, those who haven't been married that long. Y- you take advice, you take counsel from people who have been married. You know, you don't really ask your single friends. They don't know what you're going through. They don't know what marriage is like. You ask people who have been there. I mean, this is why gospel communities are so important, because it groups different people of different stages of life together. And, and then they all worship God, they're all seeking God, and they're all feeding off each other's knowledge. I, I mean, get in a gospel community. Learn about marriage. Learn about relationships. Okay, learn about it from people who have been there, who know what it's like. Let them speak truth into your life. Don't just believe all the lies and the ideas that are, that are ruling the dating world, but date redeemed. Learn that dating has a purpose. Its purpose is not just having a good time, but building a good legacy. See, we need to ask, do our lives honor Christ? Because if they don't, they need to change. We need to change. We need to seek God because he seeks and loves us. Our goal should be to give him honor, not just get a date, not just get someone to go out with you, but our goal should be to worship him because he is worthy of our worship. And none of this, none of this redeemed dating is possible without him. Uh, So that is why we worship Christ. Uh, We worship God uh, through communion. And, and every week we come to communion and we break the cracker, which represents his body, which was broken for us. And we dip it in the wine or the grape juice, which represents his blood that was shed for us. And we say, thank you. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for loving us. Even though we constantly sin against you, even though we constantly turn our backs on you, you still love us. And we thank you for that. God, let us be a people that are about your work, about redeeming things. Uh, we worship God through music. The band's going to come up and they're going to play a few songs. Uh, and, and we sing. We sing about his love. We think, sing about his grace, about his power that, that, that he gives us so that we can be about his business. Uh, we worship God through offering. There are offering boxes in the side and in the back. And, and this is a way that we give back to God because he has given so much to us. We say, thank you for giving us so much. Here is some of it back because you are good. Uh, We worship God through prayer. There's going to be elders and deacons in the back, and and they want to pray with you. They'd love to talk to you. They'd love to pray with you. If you need prayer about something, go talk to them. They're there every week. Uh, And then lastly, we worship God through community. And and there is going to be some delicious things to eat and and some drinks in the back and and, and get something to drink and, and hang out with someone. Get to know someone. And then get involved in a gospel community. I mean, really get that community in your life and learn what life is about, what the gospel is about, and serve with this group of people. Um, Will you guys join me in in prayer? Uh, God, we we thank you for today, and we thank you for the the truth that you have given us. We thank you for books like Song of Solomon that that speaks so much practical truth into our life.
Even though it was written so long ago, it still speaks so much truth into our lives today. God, let us be a people who are about redeeming. Let us be kids that are about their father's work. God, I pray that we would be those who do relationships as you have set them up. That we wouldn't be looking for selfish intent, God, but that we would be looking to glorify you. We'd be looking to worship you because you are worthy of our worship. God, I pray that we would be a people that date redeemed and that seek your glory. And in Jesus' name, amen.